Success isn't a map you can follow. It starts with a spark of curiosity for the unknown, dedication for the unlearned, and innovation to pave the way for the next generation of leaders. These are the makings of our entrepreneurs who are redefining this industry by bringing the real in real estate. Real people, real experiences, real excellence. Welcome to the Real Relentless podcast by Century 21 Tri Cities, a real estate brokerage in Eastern Washington. On this episode, we sit down with Don Seagren, the sales manager for Century 21 Tri Cities. Don is a well-traveled professional with extensive and impressive skills she's honed over the years. I'm Don Seagren, and I'm the sales manager and business coach of Century 21 Tri Cities. What brought you to Century 21 Tri Cities? What brought me to Century 21 Tri-Cities is my family. I moved to the Tri-Cities to be close to my daughter, my son-in-law, and my two grandsons who are 12 and 14. And my daughter was acquainted with Vicki, they were friends, and suggested I come and speak to Vicki and see if maybe there, she knew of a place for me to um, work. And 45 minutes later, Vicki and I decided we were a match. <laughs> is this a new role in your career? Being a sales manager is new to me. I owned my own brokerages for many years, and then I managed, I was actually the managing broker for several offices in Nevada and Arizona. And so sales manager is um, a few less hours, and a little less responsibility than I had as managing broker. But I still pretty much do the same things. My mother became gravely ill, and so my father and I spent um, 24 hours a day, 12-hour shifts, while my mother was in a coma. And so I decided that family, I've always believed that it's God, family, and then business. So I sold my brokerage. Did you always think that you would get into real estate? Never, never, never. Um, as a little girl, my, I guess it's probably in my blood. My grandfather was a builder. My father built our home. And so I was always kind of, I guess, on the outskirts of real estate. But my parents built our home in the early 50s. And... They didn't sell their home until 1982, so they built on and built on and expanded and remodeled, and my parents were not movers, they were stayers. So real estate really wasn't in their blood, and it wasn't until I moved to Arizona that I really got involved in real estate. I was in real estate in Illinois in a small part because my ex-husband and I did fix and flips before fix and flip was a word or a term. Um, back in the 70s, we would buy homes and rehab them and sell them. And I had my real estate license, but only to help he and I do this. Moved to Arizona, had a very bad experience with a real estate agent in Arizona, and decided that I could certainly do better. Obtained my license in Arizona, and the passion hit me. Yeah, it became a passion. 
So it's been a passion for me since 1977, since I was licensed in Arizona. How many places have you lived? I grew up in Illinois, moved to Arizona. I'm, I was recruited by a real estate company in Nevada, so they moved me to Nevada. Then they decided they wanted me back in Arizona, so they moved me back to Arizona. And then I came to Washington. So I've lived in four states, but I was married for 25 years and lived in 25 homes. So I've moved a lot. I have empathy for buyers and sellers. A lot of empathy for buyers and sellers. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of moving. What are the differences to you between each state? Well, the state statutes are many times different. So I had to learn every time I moved, especially moving to Arizona, then Nevada, and then, and then Washington, learning the state statutes. A lot of the basics are still the same because the National Association of Realtors, you know, sets those and the Code of Ethics. But state to state, there are different laws. So that's always a difficult piece. And then being living in so many different states, I have to think, okay, is that Washington or is that Arizona? <laughs> <laughs> or is that Nevada? So I'm becoming a very strong Washingtonian and learning all their, all their, all their statutes. It's almost like another language, right? Because mm -hmm. you're just like, do I use this word or do I use the other one? Absolutely. <laughs> and thank goodness, all three states use zip forms and sky slopes, so that helps. So a lot of that's the same, but the forms are all different, and verbiage is different, and you can tell what state pays a lawyer more, pays an attorney more by how many words are in their contract. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. So then your move from being a competing agent mm -hmm. to being a non-competing agent. So how was that transition for you? And so do you, do you miss it? Do you like it? <laughs> you know, being a non-competing broker and working just with the agents to coach them and help them grow is so rewarding to me because I was a successful agent and so it's great to be able to pay it forward. So I really enjoy that and I get such pleasure out of watching a newbie, a newly licensed agent sell their first property and, and cash that first check. I think that's really exciting for me. Um, I transitioned to a non-competing broker back in 2013 so when I worked for another firm, another company in Arizona. So I'm pretty comfortable in the role and I, my background is teaching, so I really like the teaching, coaching, business development part. And I love it when I can grow an agent to be a superstar. <laughs> and I've trained a couple rookies of the year before in other companies, so yeah. So I love it. Like, are there certain like aspects you see like right away from the agent that you know that like this is gonna be a good one? <laughs> like they're gonna go far. There is, there is, there is something I think I, I find that after years, I'm a good judge of people. Number one is come in dressed for an interview. So, you know, you come in in shorts and flip-flops, I already have a bad first impression. So, you know, I think that's, you come in dressed professionally because maybe you're gonna take clients out eventually and show them properties on a golf course and then that's appropriate to wear golf shirts and a golf shirt, but you're coming into an office to interview me and I'm interviewing you. So that's kind of a tough one. Um, I also think that there's a, people that are self-motivated, you can just tell by the conversation we're having, the questions they ask. Um, 
you know, they're motivated to succeed and they're self-starters. And I can tell just by listening to what they've done in the past. So, so I love self-starters. Because <laughs> I, I say all the time, I can inspire, but I can't motivate. That's got to be inside of you. So. <laughs> I can be a cheerleader, but I, I can't want it more than you. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. Um, was there ever a point in your career where you thought about possibly like changing? <laughs> I can say never. I am. I wake up every morning excited about what I do, excited about helping other people. And when I was when I was a competing agent or a competing broker, I loved the game. There are days when I'm hearing an agent tell a story that I want to step out from behind this desk and get back into the fray. There are times when I'm talking to an agent that says can't, won't, might, maybe, that I want to step outside and challenge them and say, I know I moved here knowing no one and in 60 days I guarantee you I'm going to have something closing in escrow because it's all about doing what needs to be done. So, yeah, but honestly, I have never, ever, and I told Vicki, if ever a day comes that I get out of bed in the morning and think, I don't want to do this anymore, she'll be the second to know, but I can't imagine it because I still love what I do. What is the hardest thing to learn about in real estate? I think for me, one of the hardest things was um, asking for the order because I, um, I want every, I've always wanted everyone to like me. I, you know, it's fatal flaw, whatever. But so I never wanted to seem pushy. And so I had a hard time asking for the orders, you know, asking for the sale, closing. And so I hired a coach, paid a lot of money for my coach and learned to close. So I think that was the hardest thing for me. And once I learned to close on transactions, close with buyers and sellers, my business um, escalated exponentially. So I doubled my income every year that I coached for four years. So it was well worth it. It was well worth paying him an exorbitant amount of money to learn to close. And that's what I do with agents now. I help them close. What are the top three things that you usually have to coach agents on? Okay, that's a great question. I think most people come into real estate having either no career, maybe fresh out of college or even high school sometimes, but have not really had a career, maybe had a nine to five or had a career, but it's been a nine to five position. And you become a real estate agent or real estate broker and all of a sudden, you think that your time is your own, but it's not. You have to treat it like it's a job. And so I have to train that agents realize that maybe it's nine, not nine to five, maybe it's, you know, 10 to 10 or who knows, but it's, it's not a hard business, but it's hard work to become successful. So I train them on the fact that you might work more hours to become successful than you were working in your previous position. So that's one big one. Man so managing their time and then learning to handle objections, learning what to say and when to say it. So teaching agents dialogues so that they understand 
that when commission objections or any objections come up that they can answer those honestly truthfully and move on so that's i think that's number one and number two and then helping them with their their business plan so what is your what is your why why are you doing this you know what excites you are you doing this for um, college tuition for your children or a vacation or a new home or maybe you just want to be able to afford a new car and and not have payments so whatever it is big or small maybe you want to buy acreage or a business but whatever that is let's talk about your why and how to get you there so we want to develop a plan one size doesn't fit all and develop a plan and then break it down so that they've got small goals and then long-term goals and then part of my job is to keep them accountable to that. Once I know their why, I can dangle the carrot or crack the whip. What are some of your goals? A personal goal for me to being here is I think if I can help more agents become professional and successful, I feel like I'm a success. Um, probably a fatal flaw in me is that a lot of me is wrapped up in my business because I came here and COVID hit. So my business was my business, or the business was my business. So I think one of my personal goals is to start learning as much as I can about Washington, about where I live now. Um, my personal goal here is to do a great job for Vicki and to grow this company with the right quality agents that we have a number in mind, but we want them all to be top producing, happy, part of our family, part of our culture. And so I'm really careful with my hiring that, that, that that's a fit. Once I knew I was actually moving, I bought a house that, to be built in May of 2019. And I told my daughter, now that this is really happening, I can't totally retire. That's not who I am. I love to play golf, but I can't play golf seven days a week. I'm moving here for my grandkids, but they're not gonna wanna see me seven days a week. So I need to do something that I love and that's real estate. So my daughter said, you know, why don't you sit with Vicki and Vicki might have an idea of where, you know, a company that she knows that might need a sales manager or a branch manager or whatever. So my first stop was to come in and speak to Vicki and my last stop, and almost embarrassing because I came in without a resume I came in just to talk to Vicki. And like I said, the end of 45 minutes, Vicki said, when do you want to start? <laughs> and I said, well, I'm not moving here till November. And so I started November 1, 2019. Never looked anywhere else. And I will tell you, the more I know about Vicki and what she's built here, and the more I know about Century 21 nationally and here locally, Vicki's company, Century 21 Tri-Cities, I, can I say it, it was a God thing? <clears throat> it was meant to be, and I, I feel like the minute I walked in here, it was home. And she's got to keep me because I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> what is it that you love about this office? I think the, <clears throat> the culture that Vicki's built is amazing. It is definitely a, a sense of family, and I will tell you that's what I always tried to build whatever company I managed. Um, I always felt like it had to be a family. <clears throat> because you're here more than your home many times. So I felt that was an amazing sense of family and I felt immediately a sense of belonging. So I think that's huge. And then the staff that she's assembled, 
the, the back office, that Vicki has created a system that agents can go out and speak to more buyers, more sellers, because the back office, all the, all the paperwork, much of the minutia is being handled by staff. So honestly, I think that's why our per-agent productivity is so high. So I love that. I've never worked for a company like that in my, in my entire real estate career that does as much for their agents as Vicki does. So I'm impressed. Continuing. <laughs> what are little known facts about you? I think people would be surprised to know that, yeah, I was quite adventurous. I have been. Um, I have a motorcycle license. I have gone hang gliding. I took hang gliding lessons. I went to Lookout Mountain in Tennessee and actually jumped off a mountain. First we had to do it with someone, but then I jumped off the mountain alone. And we're talking a really big mountain. I've gone skydiving. I've gone hot air ballooning. Um, I drag raced cars for the local dealership in my hometown and won against men. <laughs> So I'm very competitive, and I always said that I, I've got a big bucket list and I wanna get through it. I've been to most countries. I've been to, my sister lives in New Zealand. I've been there five times. Um, I love to travel, but yeah, I've got kind of an adventurous spirit. And I wanted to go to the British Isles and couldn't find anyone to go with me, so I went by myself. So, <laughs> and had fun. <laughs> So I think those are little known facts. How do you keep that work-life balance? All right, as an, for new agents to maintain work-life balance, I think they've got to realize that there's gotta be a schedule. Even though you're an independent contractor and neither Vicki or I can make you attend meetings or training, you need to adhere to a schedule. There's so much you don't know. It's like drinking from a fire hose. You need to be in our classes. You need to listen to us and really help me set up a schedule that's going to work for you, dep depending on your life. I always say, you know, make sure your kids are taken care of, your holidays, your vacations, but then let's carve out time for growing this business. So, and I think right now I would say I haven't had a work-life balance since I moved here because COVID hit and I pretty much was here and home, but I'm really looking forward to having work-life balance, which is why I joined Zental Creek, which is why I joined Columbia Basin Racquet Club, which is why I want to take dance lessons. So, yeah. So I'll have some balance. <laughs> How do you stay on track in Las Vegas? If, you know, that's a great question because in I, the, all the time I, li I lived and worked in Las Vegas, I went to the Strip four times. Other than being at the hotel for events. You know, we had a lot of, most of the real estate companies there most of them had their events down at the, you know, the major hotels. I had friends that visited from Illinois and Arizona, and that's the only time I went to the Strip, and I honestly spent less than $100. I am not a gambler, so I'd be a really good person to be in Las Vegas because that doesn't appeal to me. I work too hard for my money, and so, yeah, I am not. So that wasn't, so that wasn't a, I guess, a, a carrot that you know wasn't an influence on me yeah. it was just and but honestly las vegas surrounding areas are beautiful it really is a beautiful state i did a lot of traveling when i was there i went on that sky if all of you are familiar i went on the skywalk which is the plexiglass where you're looking down four thousand feet into the grand canyon 
when I first went out on it, I was on my hands and knees, <laughs> which like if it breaks, what difference does it make if I'm on my hands and knees or walking? So I finally got up and walked around, but it was a little scary, very frightening, actually. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about you? Honestly, Century 21 is an amazing company. I, I, I can't say enough about Century 21 Corporate and Century 21 Tri-Cities. It is just a, such a welcoming atmosphere and agents come here and they don't leave. So, I mean, that, that speaks volumes. And myself, I'm easy to know. A lot of the agents call me real estate mom. I'm easy to know. There's no dumb questions. So I tell people if you're thinking about real estate or if you've been in it for 30 years, if you've got a question, you know, I probably know the answer or I'll find it for you. So, and that's one of the things I love about the business. Never two days are alike. True. <laughs> yeah. I know. And, and honestly, for, for new agents and experienced agents, you all know, there's never two transactions alike. I could sell two identical homes built by the same builder that are the same floor plan next door to each other to two different people. They are not going to be the same transactions because you got personalities involved, which I think is part of the fun of our business is working with different personalities. And that's the end of this podcast. Thank you for listening to Real Relentless. We hope you'll tune in next time.